Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Customer Love podcast, brought to you by Mention Me. I'm your host, Simeon Atkins, and thanks for joining us today. Growing your brand through customer love might seem like an idea that belongs in the company cafe rather than the boardroom. But identifying, growing, and activating a base of loyal fans is serious business, and the results of harnessing customer advocacy can be truly transformational for both your company and your customers. We gather experts from across the space to shine a light on how you can unleash a virtuous cycle of sustainable organic growth where your best customers keep coming back and bringing their friends too. So let's get into today's episode. So I'm excited to be joined today by Nick McFarlane, a customer experience leader whose previous companies include Sky, Vodafone and Kazoo. Nick, welcome to the show. Hi, Simeon. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, yeah, I just introduced myself a bit more. So as Simeon said, I've worked for some some big brands over the last 20 years, uh, Vodafone, Sky, Kazoo. And, you know, I see myself as a, a people focused customer experience leader. Started back in the day, actually, in customer service as an advisor for BMW. And I think, you know, that is just a great grounding in learning what great service looks like, uh, understanding people, getting a bit of a handle on on managing teams. And yeah, my career in customer has just sort of taken off from there. I saw a post on CX Day yesterday about somebody saying in 2007, they think they were one of about three people with customer experience in their job title on LinkedIn. And I thought, crikey, I had customer experience in my job title in 2008. I must be at the vanguard of this movement with, you know, quite a lot of experience now uh, at the age I'm getting to. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it's been all about, you know, working cross-functionally, getting a great horizontal view of what an organization is trying to do, and then gathering as, as best insight as you can and, and turning that into great customer outcomes. I um, And I've loved that because I'm just a, I'm a huge people person, I love building relationships. I love thinking about what is it as, you know, people we need when interacting with an organization. And, you know, I think my my overwhelming thought when I think of customer experience is ultimately we're just a bunch of people trying to make another bunch of people's lives easier. And you look at it like that, you know, that can then be internally externally whatever you want you're just trying to be that person who's galvanizing the organization to think people human customer first fabulous really looking forward to diving into that in a little bit more detail shortly as well um now tradition on the show to get things kicked off i'd love for you to share a time recently where as a consumer you experienced customer love firsthand and really what impact that had on you as a consumer yeah and uh thought about this one quite a lot and quite difficult because most of my sort of interactions with organizations now are are quite established quite well set up I'm trying to avoid contacting companies avoids is the wrong word but you know everything just works seamlessly and you think oh okay I don't I don't really need to but there's one that springs to mind it's not necessarily sort of customer love But, you know, it was an experience that I had that I wasn't expecting to be as good as it was. And everything just worked. And I thought, you know what, actually, something there is 
they've thought about it and they are trying to do the right thing. So I woke up one Sunday morning about six weeks ago and had a pool of water pouring down my driveway, turning into a bit of a river. Um, I was like, oh God, this feels like it could be you know, expensive or how am I going to get it sorted? Phoned um, my water company who, you know, answered very quickly. We're like, oh, you know, very empathetic, sympathetic to the situation. Oh, yeah, I can understand why, you know, you're slightly alarmed. Um, let's have a look at it. I happened to mention that there was some work going on at the end of my road that they were also doing. And they said, oh, I don't think it'll be linked, but we'll send one of the guys down now. He came and had a look, explained what they were doing at the end of the road, said, no, it's not um, not anything to do with us. But, you know, this is what it is. What the guy said booked in is is exactly right. And then an engineer turned up the next day. So Monday morning fixed the problem. And, you know, I was expecting to be told, oh, you can't do anything for a while or it's going to be your yeah. side of this line that's sort of nominal. Yeah. And everything just worked and clicked into place really well um and i sort of i reflected over over the sort of coming days i was just like that was just great mm -hmm. you know i they just they knew my problem they went the extra mile sending the guy just down you know it wasn't far but it just reassured me that that they were gonna look into it and take it seriously and and solve the problem so yeah really pleased with that and i think you know that a lot of this sort of you can be really sort of focused on how do we make customers really love us, but just doing the basics really well, understanding the need is often the key to it. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I also love these unexpected moments of joy that you get as well. I think sometimes you have interactions with companies, you're almost maybe expecting to, to get a great experience but when you get those ones that are kind of a little bit out of the ordinary and as you yeah. said there you're kind of thinking about it two three days afterwards as well they're the ones that become really memorable um yeah. and it's interesting we've had quite a few examples when i asked this question around um the answer i've been given around sort of you know plumbing issues with with maintenance and houses mm -hmm. and things like that and i think that it's obviously a time where you're kind of crying out for a good customer experience. It's obviously a stressful, it's a stressful time. Like you said, you don't want to be worrying about, you know, whether it's kind of borders or whether it's, you know, someone's responsibility or not. You just want the problem fixed quickly and you want it fixed kind of uh, smoothly yeah. and simply. So the fact that you're able to get that experience is obviously, is obviously very positive. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I think that's key, that sort of understanding the emotional reaction, the emotional needs of the customer at the time very much helps you design your approach and your solution to that. Whereas, you know, if you see it as just super transactional, that that comes across. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this idea of customer love obviously means different things to different people. And as someone that's worked in the industry for many years now, um, I'd love to get your take on what customer love means to you. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I mentioned it a little bit in, in that previous question. I think, you know, you can obsess on grand gestures and going all out. You know, it's a bit like buying a bunch of flowers every week or, or whatever. But, you know, for me, it comes down to 
remembering that your customers are human beings just like you. They will have emotional reactions with stuff. They will have needs that, that need addressing and then making it as easy as possible for them, taking into account that emotional state that they're likely to be in with whatever they are trying to do. You know, that could be huge excitement trying to book a holiday to panic trying to address something that has gone wrong that is really critical. And, you know, that that also feeling that, you know, we are all human, we react slightly differently, we have other things going on in our lives, but really trying to think through at a time, if someone's trying to do this, what is it that is the best way to address that need for them? Yeah, I think you're so you're so right about this emotional connection with people and, and making the customer experience human, I think is just is just so important. And as you said there, that can be on different scales, whether that's something exciting like booking a holiday or maybe something slightly more stressful like claiming for insurance, for example. Yeah. I think just having that human element to the experience is, is obviously so important. Um, so coming to some of the teams that you've worked with over the last sort of few years or so, mm. um, and just, I suppose, more broadly across the industry, I'd be interested to hear what you feel are the the biggest challenges facing customer experience teams today. Yeah, good question. And I think I I went to a conference a couple of couple of weeks ago, and it struck me that really these challenges haven't changed in the last five years or so, if if at all, last 15, 20 years. And I think, you know, for, for customer experience teams, you know, it's all about getting a seat at the top table. So making what you're trying to do relevant for, you know, actual real leaders in your business and the bottom line of your business, getting their interest. I was talking to um, a connection in the, in the customer experience world the other day, he put it as, you know, if you can make your CFO an advocate of customer experience, then that's the battle you need to win. And I think so often we see customer experience teams who probably have grown up operationally, grown up out of customer service, as I have, who, who default to doing customer experience for customer services sake. You know, you've got low-hanging fruit around how can we make our service interactions better? How can we just talk about our CSATs really good or or that sort of thing? And translating that into the wider business and the, you know, need for profitability, need for uh, sales, revenue, whatever it is, I think is a is a real challenge. So it comes down to bringing that value to what you do wider than just, oh, well, we're making our customer service better. Because, you know, actually you step into your CEO's shoes and he's like, well, I've got no noise about our customer service. You know, it's it's generally working pretty well. There's the odd complaint, but, you know, it's in budget. It's doing everything it needs to do. Our, trust pilot ratings are good or whatever so it's how can you you know get to a point where your cx 
part of the organization is adding value beyond just solving problems that actually everybody else knows about. And I, I, I reflected on something the other day um, that, you know, you, you start looking through that, oh, well, we're just going to make the experience easier lens. And yeah, I think sometimes we're, we're a bit lazy, you know, and I, I was looking through the, the sort of lens of, of surveys with a bunch of guys who, whose day to day is market research. And what struck me was the thought process, the angle, the headline, the story that they almost go into the survey with for the piece of market research they're doing is designed to grab the attention of people that matter. And they'll ask a huge range of questions and they'll ask a, you know, a bunch of stuff that sets the scene and gets all the, you know, usual information that you need, but they'll be peppering that with a couple that are back to that headline or how can I tell this story? How can I make the, the output compelling? And I think sometimes in, in customer experience, we just focus too much on, well, were you satisfied or would you recommend us? You know, there's none of that or, if you had this experience, what would you then do? Or how did it make you feel? Or something that you can then, you know, turn into a story that will grab other people's attention around around what are you doing? Yeah, it's definitely something we hear a lot around. Um, and funnily enough, actually, I recorded an episode a couple of weeks ago, which was titled, How Do You Get Customer Experience a Seat at the Top Table? Because it is mm. such a big challenge. And, and to your point there, a lot of the time it's translating it into the talk of the CFO. How do you get it to resonate with them? Yeah. Um, and, and you're right, it is, it is a big challenge. Um, and the way that I see it is that if you get customer experience a seat at the top table, you're getting your customers a seat at the top table. I think, you know, interestingly, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day and their view was that actually, you know, it is getting to a point where organizations want customer experience to have a seat at the top table. But then you're looking around and you're looking for people who can perhaps bring that experience and bring that, you know, compelling conversation to that table. And there aren't that many people out there. And, I, and my hypothesis was that is because we've grown up as often as customer experience practitioners through customer service roles and, and through operations, we haven't been that commercial finance type side of, of an organization, which is the more traditional seat at that table. So suddenly you're talking about, I think I can bring that, but you don't have a track record of actually doing that. And, you know, you, you then are sort of being asked to prove that on the fly every day to, to start with. So a really interesting sort of take on people are seeing it as more important but are we as practitioners able to do that? Now, obviously, I would say, yes, we are. But, you know, how do we demonstrate that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and hopefully to, to slightly help with that, we were speaking a few weeks ago about um, your five steps to great customer experience. I'd love if you could share those steps with us in a little bit more detail and, and maybe how 
that framework could be used to position and sell the case for customer experience to the CFO? Yeah, of course. And that sort of, you know, five steps is like, it sounds like I've really thought this through and, you know, about to write a book on it or whatever. But, you know, it really, they're just a collection of thoughts over my career, uh, reflecting on what you need to bring to succeed in, in any customer experience role. So, you know, starting at the top, I think the first one is brilliantly simple thoughtful and thoughtful is a really key word in that intuitive interactions for your customers so that is all about you know really looking at your customer journeys what is the right thing at the right time for those customer needs what are those needs back to the point about the you know the emotional stuff and you know so often we're looking in this drive to digital or or whatever to just find a a cost effective way to do that for the organization but you stop and think of that customers probably only coming to your website to do two things right find some information or complete a task so how do you break everything down across a life cycle of what a customer is going to experience with your organization into those moments of just looking for this or come to do this and make that as as simple and easy and put yourself in their shoes and, and really think, okay, coming to do this, best way to do that is this, let's present that really nicely. Uh, and I think a lot of the tech helps with that. Um, you know, AI, chatbots that do everything for you, but recognizing where actually speaking to somebody is important is just as important as getting the other things right so that's one where a lot of the the journey mapping work the sort of voice of the customer stuff coming in you know really helps and and that leads on to the second point for me which is the ability to really listen to your customers so you know we've mentioned surveys and do we do them as well as we can you've got i think you know, a real need for a voice of the customer program that listens to everything. So conversational analytics using AI to reflect what people are saying in any interaction with you in, in any channel and break that up into insight by journey stage gives you the richest possible picture. And, you know, customers, when they're talking to you in your customer service environment, don't just talk about their problems. They will give you nuggets of all sorts of things because that's, again, you know, we're humans. We talk about things that aren't necessarily linked to the main goal of our conversation just to build a bit of rapport or whatever. So you can get some real nuggets from that. And you have to, of course, be able to turn that into meaningful actions that, that actually make a difference. And my tip for that and one that you know I successfully implemented uh, in my sky days in a, in a business we set up in Spain was rather than setting a target for our voice of the customer program of increasing our CSAT scores or increasing our NPS scores, we set a target of taking 15 actions in a in six month period. Suddenly that changed the dynamic from you're just bringing, you know, oh, this doesn't quite work or here's some insight that we need to do something about, you're coming up with the solutions as well and you have responsibility for getting them done. The third one is a customer experience-led data strategy. 
which you know sounds in some ways well yeah that's that's simple of course we need our data to be customer focused but i think you find at the minute you've got so much data within organizations it's often siloed um and it's often sort of there but people don't really know how to make the best of it or or what to do and data becomes the thing for customer experience that is the thread that holds everything together if you're wanting to send a message to somebody because xyz has happened you need that data pulled into the right place to facilitate that that message being sent correctly if you know that somebody has previously done something else you can you know use that in a conversation or or use that in something else if you know that people that look like this go on to do this you can nudge them in in that direction so i think you know cx led data strategy is about taking a customer first approach to your data and saying right, what have we got what do we use it for what else could we use it for if we had other bits of data what could we do with that and building out this sort of profile around a customer to say this is what our data is actually doing for us so that across the organization you've got that understanding of it and i think it's then also about making it accessible to everybody so people have the right data in their hands at the right time and you know a, a very sort of smart knowledge base is is great for that and that's not just a tool for an advisor to have a great conversation that could be for anyone in the organization to have what they need when they're stepping into a meeting or a conversation um the fourth one is great stakeholder management and and fostering a fantastic people culture, particularly on the front line. And I think, you know, again, I mentioned this earlier. I think I've stayed in customer experience for so long because of the people element of it. I'm curious. I like to understand how things work. I like to help others and, and sort of understand their challenges and their, and their problems. And, and it comes back to that point about, to be successful in customer experience, you need that horizontal view. You need to understand where there are gaps between processes in your organization. You need to understand where one handoff from one part of a journey that might be owned completely by your product team or whatever will or can impact things owned by other people. So building those relationships, fostering those relationships, and then for the front line, yeah, I always say they need to feel trusted um, that that you've got their backs and listened to. So that plays back to the voice of the customer stuff where, you know, actually, if you've got a frontline organization, they're hearing stuff from customers, they're telling you it, but you're not taking any action. If you can, through your voice of the customer, prove that actually everything that you're telling me we know about and we're taking these actions that's really powerful because suddenly they don't just feel like the guys that are taking you know all of these difficult conversations but they feel like they're feeding in and, and helping make the, the organization better and the final one again is is one that we've touched on it's that ability to consistently demonstrate value um and you know that whole finance are your friends piece um in this which was something that didn't come 
massively naturally uh, to me earlier in my career. You know, you're often like, oh God, dreading talking to finance about getting some budget for doing this or, but no, it's about, you know, understanding who and where across your journeys is are things own. What does it actually mean to the way that the business works financially? So if we fix something here, you can tell a story about how that will help with, you know this part of of the finances and and stuff like that so being able to bring stories backed up by data and facts and put them in a in a financial context and in a where the value to the organization come context is is that fifth and, and final point in those five i love that and and I suppose taking those steps and putting them into like a practical reality, I'd love if you could share some examples of campaigns that you've run within these businesses and specifically ones where you've been looking to take the data that you were mentioning there and use it within the campaigns to turn more of your, let's say, standard customers into loyal advocates for that brand. Yeah, a couple of things that, that sort of spring to mind in that space the first one um was with the sky spain stuff that i did a couple of years ago and it's actually just sort of taking stuff you would be doing as part of your customer experience work anyway but trying to create fans whilst you're doing it so we've mentioned surveys a couple of times and, and lots of us use surveys to understand what our customers feel about us what they think about us we saw an opportunity um i was talking to uh, a software vendor who who did surveys but they did them in a very different way they did them with loads of pictures loads of storytelling about you and the people within your team so we did this end-to-end customer experience survey uh, that we sent out sort of 30 days after people had signed up for a subscription but it wasn't just that, you know, tell us about this, tell us about it. It was, a, you know, the, the whole invite was a, a picture of one of the team with, hey, I'm such and such, I do such and such, and I'd love to know what you thought about the work that I've done. And then it jumps into more of the team with slightly, you know, entertaining, funny little photos with sound bites. There was one of me that said, you know, I look after the end-to-end customer experience. My Spanish is improving. Hopefully I'll be able to watch films without subtitles soon. But whole idea was it just engaged you more with, with entering the survey. What we really wanted was long text format answered so we could put them into the conversational analytics machine, not just yes or no. So trying to sort of build that picture that we massively care about you and we want you to share back things we can do to make better. And then we asked right at the end, we said, well, we shared a lot about us and some photos of us. How about you share a photo of you? Um, and, you know, and just because we love that and it just it's really engaging. And the, the amount of people that we got that did actually engage with that and send us pictures of them watching Sky Spain on their mobile, on their boat in wherever or and it just made me feel thing you know we're doing stuff that we would be doing anyway but how do you twist it around to make it something that makes people think a little bit more of you makes it memorable makes them 
fire some sort of emotional reaction in in their mind to say you know what i really like these guys and what they're trying to do and i'll tell people about them and then the other example is sort of much more simple and, and much more traditional sort of crm campaign um from my sky germany days we are you know our most expensive subscription monthly was for our sports pack uh, it was massively skewed in Germany towards the football and, and the Bundesliga. And you know, every Friday we'd send out a lovely, beautifully curated email to our sports space saying, hey, um, Bayern Munich are playing Leipzig tomorrow. Um, here's a few facts about it. Now, that was great. A lot of effort, you know, finding out the information, did it really help us? And did it really drive any feeling in them other than I'm probably going to get this email on a Friday and might read it, might not. And it's a 30-day subscription business. My take on that was actually, guys, if we can be talking about stuff that's beyond 30 days, we're going to get them excited about something that's going to make them want to renew rather than just read something they already know. Like, you're a Bayern Munich fan, you probably know they're playing Leipzig tomorrow. You might not know that in 45 days' time, there's a club dinner or, you know, a new shirt sponsor or they're just playing another team who... And so trying to look at it from a perspective of you know they're a fan already, but how do you deepen that relationship in that conversation around stuff that will also help you achieve your your business goal? So I think, you know, to that question about, you know, doing stuff to to sort of make people more loyal or, or try and turn them into fans of your brand, very much thinking about well, what is it that's going to do that and how can we achieve this by looking at, what we already do slightly differently yeah that makes a lot of sense uh nick we've covered some amazing ground today the last thing i wanted to ask you and get your opinion on is why do you think companies should ultimately be investing in turning more of their customers into brand advocates i think you know it it's simple economics really when you when you break it down you know you hear all the stuff about it's it's more expensive to acquire new customers and, and that sort of thing. But I think, you know, if you can, through your interactions with, with your customer base, make them feel that they have a relationship with you, they really like you, they are more likely to carry on using your product or service and also talk about it to their friends and, and family. If you can, you know, do something that's slightly different, therefore memorable, that's what people are going to talk about. So I think it's building this momentum of, you know, we've spent a lot to acquire somebody, let's not just leave it there. Let's be a brand that, you know, when that need comes up again, we are top of mind. So I think, you know, that... The, the business driver is, is is clearly financial that you know, you want them to stick around for longer. But I think, you know, if you can tap into emotions, making memories, things like that, it's just going to be a more 
a more powerful connection which will ultimately serve you better than a transactional connection yeah totally agree nick it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show thank you so much for joining us today oh thank you very much for having me it's uh, it's been great You've been listening to the Business of Customer Love podcast hosted by Mention Me. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us next time where we'll be speaking to some more amazing guests about how you can harness the power of customer love. See you again soon.